appreciate Matt's prayer. Um, he was saying just how he's praying that the Lord would speak through His Word tonight, and that's my rest. I rest in that tonight because it's kind of nerve-wracking being up here. So I praise the Lord that He uh, will speak through His Word, and not through not through anything I do. Safe to assume in a group this size that there's some people that are believers and others that aren't. And this is the same thing Jesus um, was approaching when He was on the Sermon on the Mount, when He was sitting down talking to the people. He says in Matthew, if you guys want to turn there with me, we'll be in Matthew quite a bit. Um, Matthew 5.1, we see that Jesus is, a, is talking to the believers when He says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and he was seated. His disciples came to him. And then flip on over to Matthew 7, where it says in verse 28, And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. And so, just as Tanner had talked a couple weeks ago, um, the Lord is calling both unbelievers and believers. And as we listen tonight, there will be a call for both believers and unbelievers to... Uh, to listen to. Start thinking on a whole level as we, as we work through the Beatitudes here. It's easy to kind of segment them out as we're, we're talking one week to another. And so, I want to just kind of take a little time and, and realize that this is... Uh, Jesus said these things in order. I think Ta- Andy was talking on that. Um, there's a reason why there's an order and we need to continue to think about that and and so in verse five or in verse three, we realize just as this is when Andy was teaching, we realize just how little we are, how how bankrupt we come in front of God, and we have nothing to offer. And in verse four, um, we're reminded of when Anthony taught in Jen, when we become aware of our sin, we begin to mourn over our sin and see that. And then, as Deontay taught last week, and we just realize our our pride and just how little we are. Again, once again, we continue to see that, and then. In verse five six, we it starts with introspection. It starts looking at ourselves, and it quickly turns to say, "I have no righteousness of my own." Um, is someone there? Verse five six, Deontay, you you got that? You want to read that? Maybe twice. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and so it's. We look towards that and we say, okay, well, blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What, what is righteousness? How did we define that? Um, Psalms 11.7 says, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold His face. And through these verses and verses like this, we see just, we're, we're not righteous. It's easy to see. Um, Andy talked on that as well. And just quickly see how unattainable that is. And in verse 520 of Matthew, it's Jesus is talking and he, he says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we see that the Lord is righteous and He loves righteous deeds, but we can't attain that. And when Jesus says this in verse 20, it's not a, a call for people, do better. It's not that. It's, this is a death sentence for everyone. You can't be righteous. There's no way of being righteous. The, the scribes and Pharisees aren't righteous. They don't have life. They won't be accepted into the kingdom of heaven with, with what they offer. 
So just remember that tonight um, as we move on. We'll talk first, kind of um, call, call those who are unbelievers and talk about that, and then we'll move on. Um, so, it's easy to see that when we walk into a, a grocery store, we see how sinful man is, or, or, or what we hunger for at least. Um, you walk up to a grocery, stand, or a grocery counter and you start checking out and you see the, the last thing is, that the, is magazines that you see at the, at the register. And all these magazines have different things, different theories on what to do to be better and what to have to, uh, to be more fulfilled. And so I got a couple quotes off these and I'd like to share them and just think about this is what the world hunger for. This is what people will tell you. This is what media and things will feed you in order for you to believe, um, a couple quotes are, 50 classic look for, looks for spring, summer beauty secrets, 63 new buys, what he wants to see during sex, 172 eclectic essentials, and all these things are, I mean, that's ridiculous, 172 eclectic essentials, that's something that they say we need to have, it's essential. Um, yeah, that's what the world is telling us to hunger after, that's what the, you're going to be satisfied if you go, search for these things. If you look and you try to satisfy, but it doesn't satisfy, we can see that the reason why they're so much these magazines continue to, to produce and sell is because we're not satisfied. We continue to hunger and thirst for new things, new ways of, of getting satisfaction. Um, it goes beyond the magazine rack at the grocery store. It goes into the Christian realm. Um, I'm sad to say, but go into a Christian bookstore, go into any bookstore, and you see the biggest section is on self-help, and there's books, your best life now. You know, hunger and thirst, feed your flesh. Try to, try to do whatever you can to be satisfied now. Um, and I'd just like to link that. John 4, if you guys can go ahead and flip there. This is no different, and this is just an example through the Word. Uh, the Samaritan woman you're all familiar with, I'm sure, and if not... Um, this is a gal that's just, she's hungering and thirsting. She's, she just, she desires something. She desires to be satisfied like all of us. And so, um, the woman at the well, Jesus is calling out all these contradictions and saying, call your husband. Well, I've had five husbands and the one I live with is not. And, and Jesus is going right for the heart and saying, you're not satisfied. You can't be satisfied. And in verse 14, that gives him the power to say, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And like that, in John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes me in that shall never thirst. And the only, the only reason why Christ can say this is because He is the only way we can be satisfied. It's the truth. There's no other way that we can seek and gain satisfaction in this world. We've proven it. We talked about the magazine racks. We talked about all these things. We've proven it to ourselves. Um, If you look down on your sheet, I drew up a little bit of just a diagram there and it kind of to help help us learn a little bit. It's righteousness versus time. And there's a point at which it says legal and it spikes straight to perfection. And that's what that line is up there. It's perfection. That's a legal righteousness in front of God. And 
this point where it spikes straight up. That's the point of salvation. That's when we get saved. And then you can see that squiggly line is our actual salvation. That's our growing in Christ-likeness. And so what this, this is supposed to show is that there is no righteousness before that point of salvation. There's nothing we can do to clean ourselves up. There's nothing we can gain from, from work or anything like that. But at the point of, at the point of our salvation, we, we begin to grow. And so right now I'd like to, to just call and tell everyone that you can't begin to grow in righteousness until you're born again. It's, it's, it's the only thing that's important. So know that. And then once you are born again, you can grow in righteousness. And that's when, that's, we'll kind of switch gears here and start talking about those who are believers and what does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness if you are a believer. Um, Philippians 1, 8 through 11 says, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with righteousness, with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We looked and we saw in in verse 14 of John 4, um, come to me and you will be filled. Come to me and you you will be filled. You will never hunger or thirst again. And it says it's all by Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. And so there's a sense in which at salvation we don't hunger and thirst again for righteousness, but, I'm sorry, there's a sense in which we continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness when we're born again. It's not just a one time. We continue to come back. And that's what is being said here by Paul. Um, And just thinking about a, a parallel there is, this morning I ate breakfast, and then come around lunchtime, I was working all day, I got hungry again, I ate again, and then... After cross life, I'm going to go home and probably eat again. Um, me and Nico made some good soup, so I'll probably eat that. But <laughs> anyways, there's there's not just one time. Tanner made an illustration of he in college he ate once a big meal and then kind of tried to taper it out throughout the week. But it's not that way. We can't do that with with the word. We need to continue to come back to the source. Um, yeah, let's turn over to Psalms 42. And before we read that, I'd like to just kind of give a little illustration from my life. Um, when I was a kid, we used to go dirt bike riding a lot with my dad. And uh, one time we were out, and we ran out of gas. And we're in the middle of the desert. It's hot and dusty and don't want to be there without any gas in the dirt bike. So we're sitting around, and some guys come up, and um, my dad ends up riding into, riding into uh, our camp to get gas with another guy. And... So the guy stays with us, and we're sitting there, and there's a jug of water on the ground. And I was pretty young, and I, I asked the man, like, what is that? Why is there water there? And he said, well, when the Mexican immigrants come across the border, that's what, they, that's what they need. That's the only thing they need, is they go to that water, they find water, and they, they drink of the water, and then they move to the next station, and the only way they can move is with finding that water, that next jug of water, and continuing on. And so in Psalm 42, we see that same picture. I'll start in verse 1. As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. 
When shall I come and appear before my God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? And so this is the goal. We want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the, the writer here is, has got that down. He's yearning. He's, there's just the sense in which his stomach is just turning. He needs, to, he needs to be satisfied through Christ. He needs to be satisfied through God. And he, and he seeks that. When can I come before you, God? When can I come to you? I, I, I need you. And so the goal is that. And we, again, see the contradiction in our own life that a lot of times we don't feel that way. A lot of times we're not hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And what does it look like to uh, to be able to say that? And how do we get to a point where we can say that? And so, um, yeah. And I just say my one application for that is discipline. Um, we don't always feel like getting in the Word. We don't always feel like praying. We don't always feel like doing these things. But we need to be disciplined. We need to seek it. We need to to renew that hunger and thirst. And so. Uh, Telling Tanner earlier, just some something I get pretty fired up about, and Sarah knows this as well. Is just we, you talk to these people that have seen growth in their life and become Christians, or you know, claim to be Christians, and they see all these great things happening. Then a trial comes, and they crumble, they fall apart because they just don't have that discipline. They don't have that knowledge that there's going to be trials in in the Christian faith, and it's promised, and so. But that's that's the that's where discipline comes in, and it's just that sense of a consistency, um, continually hungering or, or continually coming to that discipline. Um, I'd like to read real quick. There's something that kind of came to mind. I don't have it written down on the sheets there, but Romans or Hebrews 10. I'm sorry. You guys want to go ahead and turn there. Hebrews 10.36 For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. But, but now the just will live by faith. And if anyone draws, But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe, in our sa- of, believe to the saving of the soul. And so that just that sense of Encouragement to be and to endure this this faith and walk and continue to to walk and press forward in all these things. Um, my last point is just a challenge once again to those who may not be believers. Um, we've talked a lot about just being satisfied and how the world will tell you to be satisfied once again through riches, through women and men, or in men, um, through excitement. Drugs and alcohol and, and popularity, all these things are, the world says, go, seek these things, and you'll, you'll be satisfied through these things. Um, I'd like to read an interview. I'm sure you guys have heard it before. This is Tom Brady. Um, he's just been signed to a $60 million 10-year contract at this point. Um, he's ranked in the top 50 of the most beautiful people, which is, however they rank that, I'm not sure. But... <laughs> um, Three Super Bowls, two-time MVP. He's dating a supermodel. Um, he's having his best season at the time of this interview. And here's what the interviewer asks. Or he says, I'm sorry, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say that, hey man, this is what it is. 
You've reached your goal, your goal dream. Me, I think, and then he uses the Lord's name in vain. God, there's got to be something more than this. Um, and then he asks, what's the answer? And Tom Brady just says, I wish I knew. And this is just so true of the world. And I just, yeah, I just, it's so clear to me. hope it's clear to you that there's, there's no satisfaction in the world. Isaiah 55, 2, and I'll close with this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Yeah, that's, that's all I got, guys. And I left a couple lines down there. We can sit around and think about it. I don't know. I think Matt's coming up to sing another song. So, But thanks for listening.